Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach, Laura Kelly, teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are, welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, professional certified coach and practicing attorney, Laura Kelly. You may or may not know this about me, but I was an avid raver in high school and college. And what's a raver? Someone who basically attends all-night electronic dance parties that were all the rave in the 90s and early aughts. Actually, raves may still happen, but I am far too old and uncool to know about them. But I wore candy, that is cheap plastic beaded necklaces and bracelets, baby doll shirts, and massive Jinko jeans. And if you're thinking pics or it didn't happen, don't, because I've got the photographic evidence. And as you can imagine, there were a lot of illegal substances consumed at raves from MDMA, LSD, and well, you get the picture. And back in those days, we didn't have fentanyl, but there was a fear of drugs being laced or adulterated with much more harmful and unknown chemicals. So my friends and I were concerned and being type A ravers, we decided to do something about keeping our community safe. We started a local Dance Safe chapter. Dance Safe is an organization that provided information and testing to reduce harm by giving people the power and knowledge to ensure that the substances that they consumed were at the very least the substances they wanted to consume. Now, harm reduction is a set of practical strategies and ideas aimed at reducing negative consequences associated with certain behaviors. It acknowledges that certain behaviors carry inherent risk, but that these risks can be mitigated by various strategies. Thanks, ChatGPT, for that concise definition. So examples of harm reduction policies are needle exchange programs, supervised consumption facilities, and nicotine replacement therapy, and yes, even vaping. Maybe you're thinking that rather than reducing harm, we should be focusing on eliminating harm. And look, if harm elimination worked, I'd be all about it. But the truth is that we have decades of experience demonstrating that harm elimination strategies like the war on drugs simply do not work. But the truth is that harm elimination is impossible for our unenlightened capitalist hierarchical society. And yes, I'm going all in on Karl Marx today. But the thing is that harm reduction isn't just a good strategy for drugs, drinking, and smoking. Harm reduction strategies are beneficial to all of us because we all cause harm, mostly unintentionally, but sometimes intentionally. But harm is something that every single human is guilty of. So I believe it's necessary for us to engage in harm reduction strategies. I think we all wanna be good people. I think we all wanna do good things, but it is impossible not to commit harm. So the question is, How exactly do we acknowledge the harm we cause and take active strategies to reduce it? Now, podcast listeners, you've probably noticed that I watch a lot of television. It's art, damn it, and it's the golden age. But one of my favorite episodes of television was actually The Book of Doug's from The Good Place. In this episode, Doug is a human on earth who, in pursuit of his moral righteousness, managed to accurately predict the point system used to determine whether someone goes to the good place, heaven, or the bad place, hell. 
His actions have garnered immense respect from the residents of the good place, and his life and choices become the subject of interest and debate. When the main characters decide to visit Doug on Earth, their intention is to learn more about him and potentially help him find happiness. However, their presence and questioning inadvertently put pressure on Doug and disrupt his peaceful life. They unintentionally cause him anxiety and make him question his own choices and beliefs. And as a result of their visit, Doug's behavior changes. He starts becoming more paranoid and fearful of making mistakes, believing that every action he takes could have a significant consequence for him and others. The unintended consequence shows that the pressure of living up to this extremely high moral standard can negatively impact a person's well-being. And also, in the end, our human lives are so complicated, interconnected, and interwoven that black and white moral thinking is, well, at the very least, unhelpful. In my own life, I use the example of trying to be morally righteous about veganism as a strict philosophy for environmental activism. And yes, plants use less energy, right? So it makes sense that only eating plants will necessarily be better for the environment, right? Wrong. It's easy to make proclamations. It's harder to critically examine them. What if you overconsume plant-based junk food, it's a thing, which is made from palm oil harvested from the Indonesian rainforest and chocolate cultivated by children making slave wages? Do you really think that is morally superior to someone who consumes sustainably raised chicken once a week? The moral calculation is all but impossible. But what is not impossible? harm reduction. And so how do we reduce the harm we produce in our daily lives? First, we need to critically examine and evaluate our decisions and our decision-making processes. Do we believe things like, this is the way I am? This is the way I think I have always done it. This is the way it's always been done. Or can we actively question everything? And I do mean everything. I have an example for myself as an employer. I have four employees abroad in three different countries. I could probably pay them a lot less, but I actively thought not about the lowest amount I could possibly pay them, but what is the fair rate of compensation for the value that they produce? See, back with those Marxist ideas again. And maybe I'm not a great capitalist, but I do know that my decision not only contributes to a good night's sleep, but it also ensures that I have buy-in and loyalty from the individuals who provide critical services to my business. Similarly, when it came time to create a vacation policy, because they are contractors, I actually didn't have to give them any paid time off or sick days. I could also just give them the typical federal holidays off like American employees. But how does having American holidays contribute to the health and happiness of employees who have completely different holidays? Do you think it benefits my Colombian employee to have July 4th off, but not her own National Independence Day when the rest of her friends and family will also have off? So I created a paid time off structure that allows my employees to take time off that coincides with their own lives and holidays without regard to the U.S. holiday structure. I say this not to toot my own horn. I know that I am still benefiting from far less expensive labor abroad. And rather to assume I'm not contributing to harm, I critically examine it and actively attempt to reduce it. Any times in our lives where there is hierarchy or an unequal power dynamic, there is inherently and necessarily harm. So if you find yourself at the top of the hierarchy, rather than assume you're a good person doing no harm, are you willing to critically examine the ways in which you contribute to harm and actively engage in reducing the harm? In this way, we all benefit 
And when we start to question and critically examine the way things are done, we actually are contributing to the building of a more egalitarian and mutually beneficial organization and society. You can do this in your families, in your work, in your places of religious worship, even an amazing life-changing group coaching program like Joyful On Demand, for example. Do you need time for yourself? Do you need boundaries in your life? Do you need to prioritize both yourself and success? Then you need Joyful On Demand. I know all about the pressures we are under in this wonderful but challenging profession, so much so that I almost left it. But then I discovered the power of mindset coaching and set up Joyful On Demand, a subscription-based coaching program with empowering weekly coaching calls with your colleagues, as well as a wealth of coaching material available 24-7 to restore balance, harmony, and joy to your personal and professional life. Still not sure about taking that small step? Then use code JOYFUL in all caps at checkout to try the first month absolutely free. Head to www.thejoyfulattorney.com slash joyfulondemand for all the details. And what's the harm in that? Until next time, stay joyful. Learn more about how you can work with Laura Kelly by going to thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you for listening.